Hi, I'm Matt. I'm Rachel. And welcome to the Tim's Take, episode 76. How you doing tonight, Matt? <laughs> I'm good. The purple lights are on in the corner. The Christmas tree is right next to us. What better podcasting environment could I want? Not much more. The purple lights are on because Oliver has found out that he has the ability to tell Google to change the living room light colors. It's just when he realizes what he can tell Google to do, it's going to unleash a whole torrent of interesting scenarios. I don't know if the clock is ticking on him realizing how much power he could have over Google, but it is pretty cute to have him, hey, Google, change their lights to blue again. <laughs> and then, like, it's about 50% that Google understands what he But sometimes it, oh, you just changed the lights to blue. Oh, wow. Even in imitating Oliver's voice, it understood you. But I think it's learning. I uh-huh. think it's learning him. Yeah. I think that's a little bit of the scary thing. A little terrifying. <laughs> as, look at this transition, as are we, we too are slowly learning Oliver. We recently came back from a trip to Florida, which included some time in Disney World, which included a number of experiences that were outside our ordinary schedule, rhythms, patterns. And one of the things that that required was lots of trying to ask Oliver to do things that were not normal for him, sleeping in a stroller, going to bed at different times, in different places and at one point we looked at each other and said should we do an episode on like negotiating with toddlers and we realized that we've started talking about this a little bit way back when we were talking about gentle parenting episode 59 you can go back and then we got that wonderful recommendation from carissa of the book that talks about talking so that your toddlers will listen so we thought rather than rehashing that conversation This is kind of us giving the report, a little check-in, so to speak, a little accountability. What, in our experience, has worked with Oliver and what doesn't? Does that seem good? Yeah, that seems about what I was going to say. So I think we're going to kind of go a little bit back and forth on things that we found that have worked as well as things that haven't worked. So I don't think we need to take a particular order, but I think you should kick us off with something that's worked or not worked. And I should clarify, when we say has worked... It means it has maybe worked once or twice or works more often than other things, which almost always fail. (laughs) It is a greater than 50% success rate, but the success rate may only be 51%. There is no fail-proof tactic in which he always miraculously listens to us. Well, that is 100% the truth, yeah. So just wanted to clarify (laughs) what we mean by works. I'm going to start off with kind of a softball. This is something that does seem to work. Okay. Again, with our caveats, but, and it is kind of talking through things with Oliver. So kind of preparing him for something. You kind of say, okay, we're going to watch a bluey and then we're going to turn the TV off and then we're going to go put our shoes on and put our jacket on. And it does seem like a helpful referencing point when you kind of outline for him, okay, we're going to do this thing you want, but then here's the things that are going to follow. Yep. And it doesn't always mean for sure that he listens afterwards, but it is a helpful, he is not, like, he is capable of remembering. Yes. And so, even if he seems like he's not, we know he has a great memory. And so, there is something kind of lodged back in there that you can kind of 
trigger to say, okay, show is done. Here's what's going to happen next. And sometimes <laughs> my favorite is when he just goes, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> because he like knows it's true and knows we talked about it. But he's also understandably not like thrilled with whatever is happening. Yeah. But he does respond better, I found, if we kind of outline for him how things are going to go. Well, and you are very good at that. I think this is one of your superpowers as a parent, like articulating, being aware of this, giving him a vision of what's to come. What I like is that he started reflecting this back. The best was the other morning where he's still in his crib and he's like, <laughs> okay, I get up, we close, change diaper, go out, watch Bluey, have snack, have grapes. That's di- that's a deal. <laughs> I was and like, it was like all of a sudden our next six hours were planned for us <laughs> it's like no no that's not a deal you don't get to tell us the order of things that we're doing we will tell you <laughs> but it you're totally right very funny you're totally right he's that seems to be quite helpful for him and sometimes maybe slightly more than 50 percent of the time can help him move in the right direction yeah well that's a good one i'm gonna go i'm gonna start with what doesn't work okay any rational explanation <laughs> he's due <laughs> you really try this and i every time it makes me laugh a little bit i try this so hard and so often and i've recently been reflecting a little bit about it and realizing it's never worked once for me and it's understandable that he does not fully comprehend that dad needs to get to work at a certain time. So therefore, we need to have breakfast now so that we can get in the car to go to Nana's so dad can get to work. <laughs> I've not hit on a rational explanation. Although, you will note that recently he started asking why more. And yeah, I, like, he... <laughs> I like to think that that might be my subtle influence. He asked me like 50 questions of why at lunch today. And I was like, oh, man, we're in that phase. I, I've heard about this. I've seen it represented. Now I'm experiencing it. Yeah. He's like, listen, mom, dad always gives me detailed explanations <laughs> for why I'm doing what I'm doing. So you also <laughs> should explain. Oh. <laughs> yeah. It's never worked to get him to do anything. Okay. I'm going to go with one that does not worked and have a very recent example of this and this is kind of our inflexible plowing ahead with something that we've said despite every failing (sighs) gate along the way yeah i know what you're thinking about yeah i'm all for boundaries and i think you definitely need to stick to something when you say it i do think there comes a point where the thing that you're trying to accomplish is just like the battle is not worth it anymore like you're just making yourselves all miserable the example is we were at one of the parks at animal kingdom when we were in disney world and the day before we had gotten him to fall asleep in the stroller and take a two-hour nap in the stroller in the parks and it was glorious yeah so we were like we're gonna do it again and so we kind of prep him for a nap and he is not having it and we're having to fight him, pull him away, f- like, to have chats. Eventually, we, like, did to my parents because we're like, we just need to work this out. You and I are, like, spiraling out of control now. Oh. <laughs> because we're just like, you need to nap in the stroller. And we're, like, trying to negotiate. I mean, like, every bad 
unhelpful tactic we're like throwing at him at this point and he's just like running around and wants to like drum on things <laughs> and at one point I just like asked myself I'm like okay we want him to nap so that he's not like crazy man later but he's a crazy man right now and we're also crazy so like <laughs> let's just take a reevaluation of our approach and maybe we need to change like what we're gonna do so we just let him not nap and he got a little cranky at the end of the night but overall he was fine and it was just one of those moments where it was like okay like we are allowed to reevaluate in the moment if the thing we've asked him to do is really the thing we want him to do or the best thing to do but it was i want the record to show (laughs) if this is not been clear through 75 episodes it should be that rachel is really the wise moderating parent in our relationship because in this situation he winds me up so much we're both getting so wound up by the situation that like i get to a point where it's like this boundary like this is the life or death boundary this is like whether we're gonna have cocaine in our house or not (laughs) like we we have drawn a line and to go back on what we said and then rachel's like maybe we just don't let him nap and she said that, and it, I think it took me another 30 minutes to <laughs> agree did. with her. So I'm you, very, very grateful for you. you Oliver is too. He a does. little blinded by the goal. Well, yeah, that is a good one. I noted that as well. I think that might have been the precipitating episode that made us think, maybe we should talk about this in an episode. Yes, it was. Okay, my I'm going to give one that works Okay. now. It's what I call the Mary Poppins policy. And this, not only does Oliver love Mary Poppins, but it goes back to her comment that in every job that must be done, there is an elephant. There is an elephant. (laughs) (laughs) There is an element of fun. You find the fun and snap. The job's a game. Yesterday, I needed Oliver to brush his teeth and do his hair because we had to take him to Nana so I could get to work on time. And in the moment when he was clearly wanting to play, I thought, what he needs is an explanation of why. <laughs> and then I thought, but that doesn't work. So what we can do is make it a race to go get our hair and teeth done. And sure enough, that worked. I I felt ridiculous as I ran out of the living room super fast because he didn't follow me immediately. But then he did. And we we got everything set. We got in the car on time. It was success. Oliver does respond really well to play. He loves to play. He loves anything physical. So to convert something like that to a foot race or... And really, like, even if he doesn't buy in, if you do it... He gets like, pulled he, along. He gets pulled along. So that's a that's my one recent success. <laughs> I feel like you really... Ever since we got back from our trip, I don't know if it, like just destroyed you a little inside but you have taken a different approach in terms of really trying to introduce that more i've been trying a little bit it wasn't i don't think being beaten down it's a little bit you know we're watching this big little feelings course about potty training and just even in the general reminders of a toddler's capacities because i think it gets hard this is maybe weird, but it gets hard. Like, as he's talking, and, like, you can have conversations with him. Like, 
it's easy for me to think like, oh, like, great. Okay. Like you have a full rational mind now. <laughs> like you can talk. So you like cause and effect is straightforward for you. But no, of course it's not. He's, he's two. So. And if you read some chapters of the book that Carissa recommended, it talks all about play and getting kids to listen. Yes. Well, I remember you telling me that because you, <laughs> you gave me a report. All right. Do you, have, do you have more? I have two more, but I'll make them quick. Okay. One thing that does seem to work, and this is, I've seen this talked about on Big Little Feelings as well. So shout out to them again. But is when you are kind of not like kind of threatening them with something like, if you don't do this, this is what's going to happen. Then you really want to take away something in the moment tonight. I'll do this as an example. He, we've been really trying to get him not to kick when me. he, not to kick me, not to kick you when <laughs> he's like laying on his back and getting his diaper changed. And so he's kicking and we're like, Oliver, we do not kick, you know, and he's still kicking. And so then I say, okay, well, like the next thing we do after we get your diaper changed is we read a book. We read three books. And so I'm going to take away a book next time you kick. And then he stopped kicking. And if you Which, can, in fairness, does reinforce my belief that he understands some cause and effect. He does. He totally does. He just doesn't seem to understand the full details of my morning schedule. Yeah, not so much that. But taking away something that's, like, immediate. Whereas yeah. if I were to say, okay, well, then tomorrow we're not going to go to the park. Like, that doesn't really... It's not going to affect him in the same way because it's so far off. Mm. But something in the moment, like, he does respond pretty well to, like, a threat of taking something away. Yeah. Can I interject another one? Because we've talked more about trying to get him to do something, but how to stop him from doing something that you don't want him doing or that we're finished with. He's a real sucker for distraction. Yeah. (laughs) Which is probably every two-year-old. But that's one that I found successful, too. Even something like, yeah, he's kicking. Like, okay, well, usually I try to just tell him to stop. And then I tell him again and again and again. But... Probably more effective, like, if I start tickling him or, like, yeah. do something else. Because he forgets just, what, he forgets what he was hill doing. he was trying to climb. Yeah. <laughs> hill that he was trying to climb or hill that he was trying to die on? Which expression were you going for there, Hard Rachel? Hard to say. <laughs> I wish I knew. Okay. You had one more, you said. One thing that does not work is if we are halfway with something or not on the same page. Which is impossible to always be exactly on the same page, but he picks up on those sorts of things. Do you have any more? No, that's it. It's hard. It really, this <laughs> particular phase, I feel like is just incredibly taxing. And most of the time when he's in routine, he really is overall, I think, a great listener, especially when we're calm and emotionally capable and can, you know, use the tactics that work well. But when you're stressed in the moment, you're trapped on an airplane or in an airport or you know at a theme park oh, like you're making me think of the phoenix airport i know oh. <laughs> like it just like it's so true that like your unraveling becomes their unraveling and it's just hard it's very exhausting it makes anything out of routine challenging and just hard <laughs> yeah so obviously no one out there is the parent of oliver so this advice is you know, your mileage will vary, not may vary, will vary. But whether you're listening and, you know, just thinking about how foolish we are or whether you're listening for tips or whether you're thinking, oh, it's good to know in the future what I might not want to do or whether you're just laughing at our struggles, we're happy to share them.
Yep. <laughs> Rachel, do you have any other stuff? One thing. So we just got back from Disney World. And I just, I don't want to toot my own horn too much, but I do feel like I have a spiritual gift of planning Disney trips. That might be a little extreme. <laughs> yeah, I mean, let's just leave it a gift. Let's drop the spiritual. <laughs> but it's close. Oh, and, <laughs> and I just have to say, if people go to Disneyland or Disney World and haven't been or aren't used to going, I really just advise you to talk to someone you're welcome to talk to me i love talking about these sort of things but just someone there is so much of that trip that can feel complicated or that you can miss out on or it's complicated to go to disney world which really is kind of sad like the disney experience is not for the faint of heart but if you kind of know strategies like it can be a really amazing time like i think we didn't wait in line for more than like 35 minutes for anything and we were there three days and we did pay to have a little advantage but even then people can get a little overwhelmed by that system and i we like owned it and we rode like almost everything we wanted to like the first day i think we rode almost 20 rides (laughs) so for a hundred dollars an hour rachel's happy to consult on your next no happily we'll do it for free i don't no 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 don't offer that like this like five million listeners to this episode don't give away your services <laughs> i just if you're thinking about going or nervous about going there is a way to do it which is really easy but just talk to someone who's done it before well thanks that's great great other stuff mine is going to be the book dune by frank herbert which i recently reread after watching the movie <laughs> that came out last year and the book is i'd read it before years ago it's just a masterpiece of science fiction and the level of detail, the world building, the characters, just remarkable. And Rachel has checked it out from the library and I'm so excited and anxious because I fear that she's going to read it and not like it as much as I do. Well, she definitely won't like it as much as I do, but maybe she won't like it, period. But really, if you have any science fiction inklings and you haven't read Dune, you owe it to yourself. I've just read the sequel. There's like six books or something in the original series. I'm just going to keep making my way through. Wow. What a master. Master at his craft, Frank Herbert. We'll report back if I... I just... I tend toward fantasy more than sci-fi. And I really loved the movie, which then makes it really hard for me to want to read a book about the same thing. But no. we'll see. I'm willing to give it a shot. Well, I have hope. Since you like the movie, I actually have hope because I think the book will unpack and go deeper in ways that you might enjoy. Maybe. All right. I think that's it. Till next time. I'm Matt. I'm Rachel. And that is your Tim's take. <laughs>